Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Tune in as we share stories of triumph, resiliency, and healing. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamily Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, guys. Welcome back for another episode of the Beauteous Me podcast. I hope everyone is doing well as we're preparing to get ready for the holidays, for your beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, all that stuff. (laughs) If you guys celebrate Thanksgiving, um, I just hope you guys stay safe. Remember to keep your boundaries with your families if they are expecting things from you and you just don't have the capacity right now. So just remember to think about you. So excited to bring on another new guest here. We have, and what's cool about this guest, that she's also co-author in the book project I've been telling you guys about. So super excited. You broke the cherry right now, Dr. Elise Sanchez. Welcome, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for our new partnership, collaborating project, project we're collaborating on together, all the things like being, yes, mental health space together. Yes. So empowering much. women yes absolutely All so let me just stuff. Yes, absolutely. So let me just tell people who you are. So Dr. Lee Sanchez is a first-generation college student, now licensed clinical psychologist. She is an educator with experience teaching at the community college, graduate level, and California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Dr. Sanchez has worked in an acute psychiatric hospital treating people with severe mental illness as well as community-based mental health. Dr. Sanchez promotes mental wellness because if we heal ourselves, families, and communities, we make the world a better place for all of us. She mentors, coaches, and counsels women of color to break generational patterns and build generational wealth. She is also the founder of a podcast. She's a podcaster, guys, of the Speak the Secret, which is dedicated to highlighting people of color's story. Welcome, 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 Dr. Lisa. I'm so super excited. You know, when you sent me your bio, I was like, damn, I forgot how cool other women are that are in the book project that <laughs> yes. are like speaking the same language and doing the same thing. And I'm just so humbled and honored for you to be here. So welcome, welcome. So I always ask my guests, tell me about your story. What 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 motivated you and got you here? Wow. Okay. So I'm the eldest daughter of an eldest daughter. So growing up in a Mexican-American household that comes with a ton of responsibility. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, I was automatically like the second mom to my younger brother. So thank goodness, I guess that there was only us two. And I learned really young that I thrived off of getting a reaction when I told people I wanted to be a doctor. So growing up, my plan was to be a pediatrician. And it was actually doctor, lawyer, cheerleader, waitress. Those were my things I used to always say, like from two years old. And I just always had a passion for helping people like natural born helper, healer, um, caretaker. I know a lot of that. I think being the eldest daughter, it's just like embedded in our DNA. And as I got older, I had to reevaluate like what it was about that profession that I liked because I realized I don't have a relationship with my doctor and I was on actually on a retreat. I went back to, I went to a Catholic high school and I was on a retreat. (laughs) I was on a retreat. Kairos is what it's called for a week. We go on a retreat our senior year. And I went back a year later and did the know yourself talk. And I just shared parts of my story was really vulnerable, opened up. 
And a bunch of the students came to me afterwards and just shared their stories. And they were like, I had no idea you went through this stuff. And, and it was just so empowering. And it was just like such a breakthrough moment for me because that was the first time I like clearly heard God, like tell me psychology. Like it was just like, I really, it was like clear as day, like change your major, you should become a psychologist. And so I had just started my bachelor's degree and being a first generation college student, I had no idea what I was doing the entire time. Um, so I was really glad that God <laughs> revealed himself to me. At that moment because, um, when I was in school, like math science, like that wasn't what I wanted to do. And so doctor just was slowly like shifting away. And so then it shifted into like helping and healing and yeah. still got the doctor title because again, like it was, I was sure did <laughs> programmed with that, um, external validation, right? Like we're not taught about that. And so I thrived. I learned that I was the good girl, the good daughter, and I got attention and my parents were happy when I was achieving, when I was getting good grades, when I was, you know, accomplishing things. And so I almost like became addicted to that. (laughs) And Mm. until I got older, like learned how important self-love was and like self-worth and self-validation and all the things. And then Becoming a psychologist, I'd like to say, like, actually saved me. Like, I wanted to help and save so many people. um, But it really forced me to look at all the healing that I had to do. And so I did that that whole 10 years of (laughs) trying to become a psychologist. And it still continues. Now, being an entrepreneur and, like, entering all these new spaces and learning again. um, I like to say I'm a recovery perfectionist. And so, (laughs) you know, being a new being in new spaces and doing new things is really triggering those parts that are still healing. Mm. And so I just always challenge myself with that to stay humble and try new things. And, you know, you can't run away from yourself. And so yes, always absolutely. working on myself and then spreading whatever I'm learning to other people. <clears throat> I love it. I love it. And then we ended up joining this book project together called Latina Women Who Boss Up where we're all sharing our stories of not only some of us being first-generation immigrants or immigrants, um, but even our journey in Latinidad. So tell us a little bit so that people know what little snippet of what you're going to share in, in your chapter of the book. Sure. I talk a lot in my in my chapter about a little about my journey of how I became a psychologist and why healing is so important to me and how people can go about like healing generational cycles, like breaking generational cycles. And I talk about generational trauma, but also what comes with that is the power, the strength, the resilience, like how I use that as my motivation and my internal guide when I'm making decisions, because I know my ancestors went through so much so that I could have these opportunities. And so when I get in my like, oh, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? And it's like, no, like people died so you could be here and people would have given anything to have these opportunities. And so I'm really able to use that as like to dig deep and like be gritty and know like that there's so much that they went through that I don't have to. And so Mm -hmm. I don't want to waste the opportunities that I have and the resources and the everything that I have because of what they sacrificed and what they had to endure Um, and it's just, I, I don't believe in anything on accident. So I talk about that a little bit too, like how us connecting, like, I love that I'm like meeting a bunch of different, like means, like, you know, like different versions of myself in 
this project. And it's so mm-hmm. amazing to see other women out there, like making an impact and like doing the work to set themselves apart. And yeah, it doesn't matter where you come from or what you've been through, but where we're going. So that's a little, yeah. a little teaser of kind of what I talk about in, in my chapter. And the connectedness, right? So just in general, just connecting as women and letting the guard down because we often as women, it's the judgment, especially being a mother or whatever. I think the, the, the highest judgment is right there, yeah. how you parent, how you don't parent. But that's, that's for a whole nother topic. But just in general, like the community between women, there's always been this competition. You think about history, competing for the man, competing for the marriage, competing for that place. And so we have this generationally where you cover and you support your immediate family, if you will, but like other communities of women are shunned upon. It's like as competition. And I think for us, all of us are in this journey and this book journey together, really sharing parts of ourselves um, and being vulnerable, but we're also tapping into each other. Like, Hey, do you know this? Hey, do you know that? Can, you know, in supporting one another. And I find that just beautiful. And I'm really glad that we connected and that we're, you know, fulfilling this space with one another. Um, and with that being said, I really, you know, just want to get into a little bit. And you talked about generational trauma and I ha- I've recorded an episode ooh, earlier on. I-, I can't remember what episode number that was. I think it was like four or five um, about intergenerational trauma the transmission of pain. And it's important that if if we don't address what our ancestors, our grandparents, or the, the women in our lives have experienced, it just comes in and kind of carries, carries us on and it can make or break us in our future. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you, you know, I was really geeked out when I read that in your bio, I was like, oh my God, like we are so in sync with that because I, I also promote, gener- you know, addressing generational trauma because it's importance there. If you don't heal, if you don't break that cord, if you will, then this kind of continues. So, you know, just tell us a little bit about like your work because it's, it's everyone's work is very different, but you know, your work as a psychologist when it comes to um, generational trauma. Yes. So my regular job, eight to five, I work for LA County Department of Mental Health. So I'm a psychologist there, but I'm not doing much clinical work. So I always have to have things on the side that I'm doing to feel like I'm using all my gifts and to Join get the club. Join the club. Yeah, to get like my <laughs> cup filled, to mm-hmm. really feel like my cup is being, you know, refilled with all yeah. the other stuff in life that can bring you down, you know? And so I always do like coaching or mentoring or like therapy on the side. And so Mm -hmm. therapy, that's always what I talk about is to look back at where our stories started. So like the stories we tell ourselves, where did that come from? Because, you know, most of our limiting beliefs, all of that is like ingrained already in us by age seven, you know, all the conditioning, everything. And, um, And just how important that is for people to like make those connections. Like I ask about generations before and what they did or when people are like, why am I like this? Why am I struggling so much? And then I can highlight like look at where you're at and where your ancestors were and look at what they had to do just to survive. Like, this is why we think this way. It was a survival technique Mm -hmm. for them, but now we don't need that. We're not in that same, I mean, for the most part, (laughs) sometimes I guess it can feel that way. Yeah. (laughs) The different systems and stuff we have to interact with, but we have so much more freedom and so much more choice and opportunity that 
I'm able to connect that for people. And it's so rewarding for people to see like, oh my gosh, that, yeah, it makes sense. And, and then they can kind of see like how their moms or dads or, you know, caretakers or whoever kind of slowly were shifting things little by little, like doing their best with what they had. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know. I always felt like an outsider a little bit in my family and, and then little by little, it's just been revealed to me that like, that's why, like I'm the chosen one to break those cycles, to break those patterns, to break those chains and to now pass down different, more positive, healthier ways of coping and dealing with things to my future generations. And then how that heals the lineage before you and like how much power there is in that. And then just teaching people that, that Mm -hmm. how much power you have and that it was put there for a reason, whatever wants, whatever wishes, whatever desires, like they're there for a reason. And like using ancestral wisdom and just listening to your ancestors and listening to your own intuition. Um, Cause most of us are indigenous. And so like yeah. bringing back that power that we've been taught to forget so that we mm-hmm. wouldn't fight back. Right. Again, yeah. another survival right <laughs> for our ancestors. So all these things. And so I try to like, even for myself, just think like, what would my ancestors do? Or like, mm-hmm. if I was living the way that we were meant to be living, like on our own indigenous land, like with our ancestors in the same village. And that's how I always try to think, because this isn't the life we were meant to have, like being busy and crazy and overwhelmed and stressed and tired and addicted and numbing. And, you know, this has all just been generationally how they've coped or dealt with things or mm-hmm. try to take things into their own hands because the opportunity to go to therapy or to heal wasn't there. And, right. and so I always just ask myself and I ask my clients or whoever I'm working with, like how you're feeling, who benefits from you feeling that way mm. <laughs> and what can we do to change it? Like, how can we, break this cycle? What's another story we can tell ourselves that challenges that and really just talking to it so that it can kind of just open it up and break the cycle of us staying in that loop, you know? Um, And just, yeah, giving that empowerment and just giving people like reminding them that like you have the power and you've always been the expert and you know what to do, but we have so much stuff thrown at us all the time that it's easy to doubt that and it's easy to forget where we came yeah. from, how strong yeah. we are. <laughs> Cause we, it, we can kind of get, get stuck in this like pattern, this vicious pattern of like, this is, this is me. No, these were other people who also experienced it, but it can stop with mm-hmm. you. So I think exactly. that's always important that, you know, you're bringing that up that you're doing it in your coaching and, you know, with your private clients, uh, you know, it's, it's great. So you have accomplished so much, you are a psychologist. You broke barriers, even in the Latino culture and being Mexican-American um, and breaking barriers with stigmas that people have with women, you know, number one and, and, and Latina women. And you've done that. And so now you have a few munchkins. You got two babies, right? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. So you have two, you know, two little ones and now navigating your way into, you know, finding inner beauty and external beauty in motherhood. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, it's definitely been a journey, but I would say that I never felt more confident and more strong and more like spiritually connected to my body 
as when I became a mom. Like, um, I did get, I did get postpartum depression after my first daughter, but again, now that I like hindsight's 2020, right. And now that I'm clear headed and look back, a lot of that was me trying to conform to what like society and everybody else, all the noise, right. And being a first time mom, yes, you're naturally like insecure and like, am I doing it right? Am I doing a good job? And then healing my ancestral trauma and all of that that came up, and like then a the lot grandparents of, coming yes, in, like no, yes, you have the to experts, this way. right? Lo <laughs> así, <laughs> like mm. yeah, yeah, it's a lot of pressure, and um, yeah. a lot of the generational trauma for sure was triggered, like when I gave birth, and I didn't realize it because, like you said, pain is transmitted generationally. And I have a very high pain tolerance. So I know mm-hmm. my ancestors had to have endured some stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like I unmedicated natural birth. Like I almost had my daughter in my bathtub. And when I went to the hospital, oh, I was already seven centimeters dilated. Yeah. Guerrillera. <laughs> and I was like, I was still like, I, I, I don't want to make it like it was totally not painful at all. It was just like, uncomfortable. And I was just very present. I was very like in tune with my body. I totally trusted like that my body knew what to do. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't feel anxious. I wasn't worried. And and so I don't know that like made it a lot easier, mm-hmm. but from what they were telling me and what I was hearing from everyone else, it was like, you have to be able to not talk and not walk. And I was in there at 10 centimeters pushing, like still talking. And so I'm like, if I would have gone by that, I would have literally had her in the bathtub. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I started shaking and I was like, okay, something's wrong. I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> and, um, but during that process, like of giving birth, which was such a beautiful spiritual experience, it was more the aftermath, like the healing and the, just how I was treated in the hospital. Like a lot of that triggered a ton of stuff and it wasn't my stuff, but my body remembered. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Like sexual the body keeps trauma. The score. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like yeah. my family has sexual trauma. I don't, but yeah. my body felt like it had been violated just from like how they didn't care for me properly. It was a lot. Um, but that whole process, like, you know, most women, we struggle with insecurities with our bodies and things, mm-hmm. but being pregnant, like I felt so beautiful, so powerful, like gaining weight, getting bigger. Like I was just, I embraced it. It was weird. It was like this, I don't know. I was just full of gratitude. It was very positive. And so that's why after having my baby and it was like, you know, the postpartum kicking in, it was like such a huge shock because it was totally different. Um, but it was really like, yeah, that space of that I felt like becoming a mom was really like my last big healing that I had to do. So it was like mm-hmm. my last like big awakening. And then with that just came so much more appreciation, like for myself and like how far I've come and how much I've accomplished and not like the worldly things, like just that, like that I'm brave enough to do the hard things, like do the work. Like I went to therapy the entire time I was pregnant because I knew, okay, a bunch of stuff's going to be triggered once I become mm-hmm. a mom. And it was already coming up like with parents and grandparents and everybody wanting to give their opinions. And so me and my husband having to be very clear on like, what do we want? How do we want to raise our kids? What do we value? You know, all those things. And um, yeah, just like how important that inner work is and how, yeah. When a baby's born, a mother is also born. And like our society doesn't value that. We don't give moms enough <laughs> credit at all. I, 
I love that you said that because for some it's not, you know, depending on the traumas that they've experienced, mm-hmm. depending on what your family dynamics look like. But for some, you know, I, I, I say that about my son. I'm like, I feel like you saved me, you know, from all of my past traumas and what I've experienced and a lot of my unhealed stuff, which definitely showed up in my parenting, you know, the first few years of mm-hmm. his life and, you know, having to, you know, he's 17 years old, but having to turn around and apologize and be like, you know, I'm sorry. I was like that a little bit before and I was snapping and this and that, this was, yeah. this is what it was. But being able to say that, you know, there is some healing behind it and how we look at it. And you also pointed at something where um, not looking at worldly goals. And I think that's something where we get stuck in in life is on worldly achievements. So I have my bachelor's, my master's, my doctor's. I have a business. I have this. I have like everything. Check off, check off, check off, check off, check off. But where, like I always tell my therapy clients, where we extend ourselves grace is on being able to say, I've been able to accomplish this and being okay with it. And, and not this, not, not this checkoff of worldly things, but being okay with the inner, the inner healing, the inner, inner working. So thank you for pointing that out and, and bringing that. It just like kind of set up a little, uh, a little light bulb in me that was like, ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So just exactly that. Like, yeah. Being able to look at yourself and like being okay with who you are, like yeah. being proud of what you've worked worked through and what you're going to be passing on to your kids and so that was just really huge for me when I became a mom and the second time around was totally different like way more positive more more empowering more enlightening and because I'm more confident in my abilities as a mom Mm -hmm. that makes me even more like just be willing to be seen and to be vulnerable and to be open and to like advocate for myself and um but yeah like the motherhood thing just that I feel like that has made me like, I don't know. I don't want to say that my insecurities are like totally gone. Cause that's not the case at all, but like physical ones, I guess, like my body and just that you kind embrace of thing. yourself. Like, you love exactly. Yeah. yeah, I totally did. And it, I just reparented, remothered myself, yeah. re- all the things I needed to do. And yeah, it brought me and my husband, like for a long time, I was afraid to have kids. Cause I thought, I was going to lose my husband. Like I, I was like, I'm not ready to share you yet, you know, yeah. but in reality, he's the one that has to share me because they all want mom, right. They're both want mom. And, and for just now, being able to, yeah. for now, yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a daughter and a son. I have one. Of okay. Then yeah. You have but a, it, a split. <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't know. Like, um, but this whole new world of, because when I, as a psychologist, I like to do couples and sex therapy. That was my thing when I was like working with, with people and just how people like what we hear in the world, right. About moms, like moms aren't sexy or moms aren't like moms are freaking badass. Like yeah. that is sexy to me. So like yeah. defining for ourselves, like what is sexy? What is, what makes you feel good? Like for me, I feel good when I'm like taking care of myself, when I'm mm-hmm. filling up my cup, when I'm setting boundaries, when I'm, and, and that's when, when I'm happy and I'm showing up like that, my husband finds me more attractive, right? It's not about how the world defines being sexy, right? Like having my hair did and my makeup did and being all like bouncing back. Like, no, what do you, your body didn't leave you. Like you, your body was there the whole time. Like there's nothing yeah. to bounce back to. Like, it's all just how we think about it. I and, love it. and it's, it's like, that reframe, right? That exactly, mindset. Yeah. Like my body birthed and like nursed a 
a baby for two years and I have another baby and I'm blessed to be able to do that again. Like what else could I want? You know? And like really enjoying that and being present in that. And like, that's when I feel sexy. That's when I feel confident and, you know, just embracing like my partner for being supportive along this journey. And like, to me, that's what is sexy. And that's what makes me light up and glow. And I see know. it. I see it in your face. <laughs> you can yeah. definitely tell like in the, in the, in the changes of conversation, like that is what brings you joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dr. Elise, you offer services for people. You, you talked about how you do uh, therapy and coaching. So t- tell us about um, what you have out there so that the listeners can find you and, and definitely utilize your services. Sure. So I actually only have space for one more either therapy or coaching client. Um, So if anybody's interested in that, yeah, you can reach out and we can (laughs) see if if our schedules align because my time is more limited now with two littles here and working from home. And I'm back at work at my full time job already. So I wasn't expecting to be back so soon, but it worked out that way. So Um, And then I also am starting a wait list for a group coaching program. So I do want to do just group coaching with women to mentor women that either are already entrepreneurs or are thinking of like either doing a side business or going into business on their own in whatever field that is, because um, specifically for like professionals or like moms, because I went to school for 10 years and dedicated my life to like this career and this one goal. Then I accomplished it and then decided to start our family. And then it all changed. Now I'm like rethinking everything. Like, do I want to be in an office Monday through Friday, you know, gone all day from seven to seven? Like it's hard. And and so for me, that like fantasy, that vision of like having more time freedom or money freedom, like that is what like keeps me going. And so being able to work on my things right now on the side so that eventually I can leave the eight to five, that is my goal. And I want to help other women do the same. So um, I do do like direct sales and that's like another side thing. If women are interested in that, I can mentor and coach you and lead you in that route. Or if it is like becoming a coach yourself or, you know, just some other side things. So you can like, cause money is freedom. Like when we have yes. more money, then we're able to be more free to do the things that we want to do. And so helping women make more money and making money at home without sacrificing like your sanity and being a mom and like all your priorities so that is my goal. And then that's breaking it. cycles, right? Like, yes, when I talk about, it is. yeah, when I talk about like breaking generational cycles to build generational wealth, my wealth that I refer to isn't just money. It's like peace of mind, like, you know, having time being with your kids, like, what is it? What are, what is it all for? Like, you could have all the money in the world. And if you don't have the time to be with your family, then, you know, then it makes it makes yeah, absolutely what it, no sense. You can't spend the money. <laughs> you enjoy being with like exactly you can't take it with you so I'm all about that just empowering women to make more money and be more be leaders and do what they want to do without sacrificing motherhood like we can do it all we can do both we just have to find the rhythm we we sure can (laughs) yeah so where can people find you Sure. So I'm on most active on Instagram at Dr. Elise Sanchez. So that's just my name, D-R-E-L-I-S-E-S-A-N-C-H-E-Z. And um, there's my podcast is Speak the Secret. So speak underscore the underscore secret underscore. And then with Speak the Secret, I have a Facebook page so people can find me on there. And TikTok, Dr. Elise Sanchez, but haven't been super active on there in a while. But yeah, you can find me there. My website, speakthesecret.co. 
get more info on like that community. But yeah, it's all just about empowering people, building community, owning our authentic, you know, imperfect selves that we are mm-hmm. and just using those gifts to like your imperfections are your secret sauce. Like that's what sets you aside. And once we can embrace all the parts of us, that's when we can truly shine and like really help others while we're here. So that's, what, that's what just gets me going. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. So thank you so much, Elise, thank for being you. here. I'm, you know, excited again to, you know, finalize our journey and continue to do this and be in this space. I truly, truly appreciate it. Guys, you know where to find her, Instagram, her Facebook, her podcast. If you are interested, 2020, what are we going in? 2022 is coming up in two years, two months. So, you know, if you want to think about some goals, uh, just go look for Dr. Lee Sanchez on her Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope this episode fed your soul. Please be sure to download new episodes. You can also head on over to rate, review, and subscribe. For more updates, find us at www.iambeauteousme.com or on Instagram at iambeauteousme. Don't forget to use the hashtag beauteousmepodcast for your feedback.